Welcome back to episode two of Backcourt Banter with Becky Peters and Abigail Kelty Corning. Yeah. And special guest, Alexandria Zamora. Hi. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, Alex. What's up, Abigail? Long time no talk. I know, but it feels like yesterday. I know. It feels natural to hear your voice. That's what happens when you're bonded by basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Bonded by basketball. That would have been another good title. Yeah, we had a lot of good options, but I I like the banter. I'm going to write that That's what we do. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, Z, so based upon the title, we are bantering in the backcourt. So we're keeping it light and fresh here. Um, The purpose of this podcast is to have genuine conversations about the college basketball experience in hopes that it may help anybody that crosses paths with this amazing opportunity called college basketball. So that's kind of like what we're doing here, why we're here, and also just to have awesome conversations with our people. Hence you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so Abigail, should we just get right into pre, during, post college basketball experiences? Let's do it. Alex, when, when, when you think about basketball, pre-college, college experience, post-college, we're going to go through each different time of your life. So what is something, it doesn't have to be, we're not looking for anything, right? Just what's something that comes to mind when you think about basketball before college? Oh, basketball before college. It was, uh, first word that comes to mind is naive. Um <laughs> Go on. Uh, but also like super like hustle. I don't know. Like the hustle of it, I think was beautiful in high school. Uh, I was on a travel team, really competitive. Uh, high school was more fun. I would say like, okay, let's win the States. Let's do that whole thing. But the competitive piece that was like more business. Um, and bonding friendships you know trying to get a scholarship that was the goal back then so that's kind of what comes to mind when I think pre pre pre-college and for you you didn't start balling till I mean quote-unquote late right when did you start playing basketball yeah I think I'm a lot later than a lot of people um in that I cheerleaded for the first half like my elementary school days and stuff like that I played a little junior magic whatever but mm-hmm. yeah I got into basketball through back then a which sounds so funny to even say out loud but my mom I was like I don't want to do cheerleading anymore and she's like oh okay well you got to do something and she found an ad in the paper can you guys believe that an oh ad my gosh. here we go here I we know. go I know an ad in the paper that was we had no idea what we were getting into, but they needed, you know, a post player. And my mom's like, well, you're kind of tall for a sixth grader. And um, so I, tr- I went to tryouts or whatever, and everybody was extremely good. I pl- it was a team called the Comets, and they were 13th in the nation, AAU-wise. 
And here I am, you know, this five, seven, sixth grader that the coach saw and was like, we can work with that. We can work with that. <laughs> wow. So. Wait, I just want to bring it back. There was an advertisement in the paper <laughs> for AAU basketball. Hey, they were a yeah. top 25 team. They had, they had the funds. <laughs> Take out I some ads. So. Recruit. That's the old school way of recruiting. Shoot, we just True. rolled up to the to the nearest Catholic church that had a basketball court. There was usually something going on there. <laughs> it's that's so funny awesome. to think that. I know. It's so crazy. But that's that's where it all started. Wow. So sixth grade. Wow. Okay. So that's not even, for some reason I thought it was later than that. Okay. So sixth grade, that's not that late. So so yeah. you started in sixth grade and then um and then I guess how long did it take you to realize that you wanted a scholarship? Like when did it turn from like, oh, fun, this new thing that your mom says you have to be busy with to no, no, this is going to pay for a bachelor's degree? Uh, I would say in maybe ninth grade is when it became more like tangible. My parents had no idea about that world, um, but I got on a really another competitive uh team called Debo and you know my coach I was really good friends with her daughter who was like our star player and she sat down with all the girls on the team was like all of every single player on here will play collegiate basketball and is capable and has the abilities to do it it's just a matter of you know if you guys do the things that you need to do to get there so once my parents heard that I think it was more they were never on my case. They were more like advocates, like, you know, you got this, you can do this, you know? So mm-hmm. in my head, it became, uh, it just was almost like I was like uh, manifesting it. It was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to play college ball then. Like, okay, cool. Like, now I'm just going to, it was a mindset, you know? Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So then you get to college um, and we'll talk a little bit more about like coaching and advocacy um, a little bit later, uh, like good, good coaching qualities, but you get to college. um, What's that like? What's, what's it like when you first get there and then kind of take us through like a quick snapshot of what your college career was like? You know, to say a quick snapshot, it just it evokes so many emotions inside of me, Abigail. <laughs> I'm gonna try Bring my best. I'm... <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay, like honestly, college was crazy. Um, I I will start, which I tell anybody, anybody that I describe my college experience with is like, I got to the highest level of you know, my capabilities, I didn't even know, I didn't even know where I was going. Like I was so naive, like I said before. So when I got to college, like I could barely bench anything. Like lifting weights was not a thing back then, at least not where like, like where I was from. And at the time, you know, I graduated high school in 07, like lifting weights was like not, especially in girls sports, women's sports, it wasn't really pushed the way it is now. So I couldn't even bench press like 80 pounds. Like it was, I was so physically weak, but I saw myself transform into like a really strong, like physically strong person, which was amazing. I I mean, my vert went up seven inches. Um, 
you know, you guys will understand this, but like, thanks, Ted. That was our trainer, right? Like, he got us. Yeah. But like, it was so mentally challenging. I think, you know, that those are positives. I built on everlasting bonds. Like, I love you guys always. You guys know you're like, it's like a, it's like, I would explain to non-athletes, this is like a sorority. Like, I know sororities and fraternities get, you know, bad reps, but like, those are your brothers and sisters for life. You know, mm-hmm. my brother's in frat and like he de- calls on his frat brothers all the time. And you guys are my sisters for life. You can call me anytime and I got your back. So th- that's the beauty in it. But I would say my experience was really mentally taxing. Um, you know, school, being at a top tier school, trying to figure out what I was going to do, quote unquote, for the rest of my life, figure out my degree, being away from home that kind of stuff was like, it was tough. You know, I'm from Florida. I went to New York. I've never lived away from mm-hmm. home. All of those factors being around people that I didn't really know. I'm sitting on the side of the tub because I literally have no privacy to talk like to anybody. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the bathroom is my privacy. That's where I get privacy. But, uh, and, and also there was winters. You have to deal with oh snow. My oh my Florida God. Sun baby. I know, guys, I didn't even know what a North Face was. Like, I, you know, Kiara, my my lovable Kiara had to educate me on what North Face was. Like, <laughs> it was tough. I was like, what the heck? Why is any place this cold, you know, coming from 80 degree weather? I was like, what is this? And it sounds all like super simple, but those everyday things, not seeing your family, you're 18 years old, you're super crisp. You got the, you know, you're walking outside in the middle of the Bronx. The guy is asking you for money for his baby uh, to buy him milk. And then you realize that guy's going to ask you for money for his baby milk all four years. And you're like, oh, okay, that's not a thing. Okay. Or, or Or when the store that was going out of business is still in business a year later, you're like, oh, wait, they... They weren't going out. I didn't get a deal. They were, that's just their marketing. That's just the, that's just what they're doing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, it's funny because that's, there's beauty in all of that. But also, you know, I have my dad dropping me off and we're in the grocery store and they're playing like, you know, like reggaeton music. And Mm -hmm. like, what grocery store have you been in? That's like playing reggaeton music in the middle, you know, up near, near the middle of the city in New York. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, but honestly, college basketball, I have so many emotions, Abigail, to that. So that's like my large blanket answer, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like that. And you, and you had an interesting college basketball experience because you had, uh, you had the Fordham basketball experience, but then you also got to play basketball in graduate school, which not a lot of people have that opportunity. And uh, yeah. Um, it, even if people do, a lot of times they stay at the same school, but you, you were able to experience college basketball in a different way. So what was that like, especially cause you had four years. Cause you, I mean, share that story. Cause you got injured. So you had a fifth year. So you had four years undergrad at division one Fordham, and then you had one year of eligibility left in graduate school. Yeah. Yeah. So I strategically, uh, I think by the end of, um, I would say by Jan Feb of my senior year, I knew I was going to play a fifth year. Like that, that season was a wash the season before my junior year. And so I was like, I know I want to play a fifth year. 
and I was able to go to a division two school and I did that on purpose because I didn't want to sit out. I don't know what the NCAA rules are now, but you know, if you want to go play immediately, you can't go division one to division one or else you have to sit out another year. And I was like, nah, I'm not sitting out another year. So I was like, yeah, I'll go division two and I'll try to find a competitive space. And I leaned on one of the assistant coaches at Fordham, coach T coach Thurston. And, uh, he hooked it up, you know, he made it happen. He put me in contact with a couple of coaches and one of them was the coach at Barry coach Sullivan. And, uh, that was honestly like a beautiful way for me personally to end my career. It was a super competitive, um, program and it was just, it was such a beautiful way to end my career. I loved it. I was able to temper it down from going like, you know, to our practices to, you know, not as long practices, but still had the competitive spirit, still played against really good players that, you know, arguably could have played division one. Um, it was a great way. We tied for first in the conference and we ended up, we beat a team that made it to the final four twice. Like, you know, I mean, we didn't make it, but I said, eh, well, we beat that team twice. So they made it. Mm-hmm. That counts. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love this because it's, it shows that basketball is competitive at every level. It's really like whatever program you're part of, um, however your teammates or your coaches are, it, it can be competitive. It doesn't have to be division one. Um, I even considered going division two at times just because I just want to make sure I was going to play and get the most out of my experience. So some people get hung up on got to go D one. Cause you know, that's where I want to be. And, you know, I think everyone needs to like reflect on what they want out of their experience and, that's what, that's exactly what you did. You were like, I want to go to grad school. I want to play at a competitive level. And, and you weren't hung up on that division level, which I think is definitely admirable. And I mean, you went out with a bang. Um, so take us then into your post-grad life, as far as how basketball fits in there. Like, are you still balling? Do you coach <laughs> it all? Do you watch it? Or are you completely removed and you're good with how you were uh, with your five years of playing? I think the irony in that question is I just literally am like coming from a doctor's appointment with an orthopedic surgeon <laughs> to evaluate oh, my no. knees. <laughs> oh, no, but man. It, was, it was good news. It was good news. So I feel good. Like basically I left there as if I was a 19 year old kid and was like, can I still play ball? Like, that's my <laughs> question, doc. Can I still play ball? And he's like, yeah, you can play ball. I'm like, oh, well, that's all I need to hear. Okay. We're good. And, um, <laughs> So no, but I mean, I still play and, um, I play recreationally and I think that, um, it's always going to be in me. Like it's a hobby. You know what I mean? Like basketball for me, I, I love what it is for so many people, but if I was to tell you what it is for me, it's a hobby. It's something, it's a release. It's a, it's therapy. You know, it's a place that I can go to work out all the things that are going in my brain going on in my brain um so I don't think I'll ever let that go I'll try my best to always play but uh but yeah post basketball I mean I'm I kind of I did hang up my sneakers I didn't play professionally I didn't I really didn't have any desire to maybe a little bit but it wasn't enough to really push me I was I was more interested in like who I was outside of a ball player 
I'm six one, so my identity is often tied to basketball. People immediately just like put you in that bucket, and I was, I kind of wanted to understand like, well, who else am I? Like, yeah, I'm six foot, but God didn't make me six foot because He wanted me just to play basketball. So, I really pushed myself in that area and was like, well, what else? You know, what else am I? So I went on this journey to figure out my career path and my passions, and here I am. 10, 15 years later, I'm an account manager at a nutrition company. And I mean, it's really a medical company. I work in the nutrition division and it's great. I'm able to feed some other pieces of me and I'm continuing to explore like who I am, like outside of a ball player. Yeah, I think, I think that's beautiful. A lot of I mean, I, I think we used to laugh about the Z watching these guys play ball and it was plan, plan A, no plan B, you know, ball. is I mean, I believe ball is life, but the, you know, ball is everything. It's like, eh, it's everything until your knees start saying, nope, you know, right. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's great to be able to, you know, explore different parts of who you are, who we are as people beyond just, just the sport. Um, uh, it's good. Cause yeah, a lot of people, they, they, you know, they can't get out of the, the sports basketball cycle, you know, it's playing and then trying to continue to play and then coaching. And then it's like, Oh, wait, what else, you know, what else am I good at? They start exploring other things, you know, much later on, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's nice to Abigail. You said it really nicely. Uh, you said you wanted bas- You wanted to end basketball on your own terms when we were going over this in the first episode. Yep. Right. You you considered playing overseas, but you didn't want you know your knees basically telling you that we're not going to play anymore. You know it was up to up to us. So I like that. Um, that's awesome. 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 Uh. Abigail, you want to get some questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think are the most important qualities in a coach? And this is this take this from like a pretty broad lens. One, as a as a college basketball player, now also as an alumni of two different schools. Um, you know, like, do you expect outreach from those coaches to keep you engaged as an alum? Um, and then also think back, obviously recruiting has changed a lot now, but maybe from like parents in the room with their daughter, a son or daughter sitting, getting that pitch from the coach. What are the, what are those things that you're trying to pull out of a coach that you want to know if they have those qualities before you're signing up to go play? Oh man, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to answer Abigail, because I know the things that were said to me and the dreams that were sold and, you know, all the right things were said. Um, And I don't think the intention wasn't there. Um, So I would say really and truly like it's, it's when a coach talks to the parents and when the coach talks to to the prospective athlete, it's, it's great. That's like one half of the, of the story. But what I think is really, it's really important to understand as part of this answer to this question, Abigail is like, 
level setting with the athletes and the parents, like letting, like, and I don't think that's necessarily the coach's responsibility. I think parents and, and students need to understand and student athletes need to understand is like, this is a business. And mm. we love to say like, you know, take care of my child, like guide them in the right direction, you know, give them playing time, all of whatever, all the desires you want. But like, you need to understand that this is a business and all of those things I really do believe a lot of coaches have at the, at the top of their mind, but they have winning at the top of their mind. And mm -hmm. so like, they're going to do what it takes to win. And every coach, just like, like every leader in, in business and in, in the world, it has their own style of how they, of how they do that. And so I think like the best leaders and this doesn't just apply to basketball or to sports in general, are just those who really take the time to understand their employees and like, mm -hmm. you're like, you're going to be an employee. Like that's what you're getting hired for. Like you need to do the, fulfill your responsibilities. You're going to have to work late some nights. You're going to have to take initiative. You know, you're going to have to raise your hand and volunteer to do stuff all of those things. And I think like a coach who ate, who understands like, yes, you're a business and I'm trying to win, but understands like, these are not, these are young people. And like, mm -hmm. yes, you want to win. And like, that's super important, but you're also making an impact and a mark on, on, on arguably one of the most crucial times in a person's life from the time that they're 18 to 23, 22, whatever you want to call it. Like that is a really crucial time. And like, I think if coaches can go into the game, if leaders in general go into anything with a lot of empathy and a lot of like, man, I remember when I was that age, I remember so many things that I was going through. I remember like empathy to me drives really good leadership. And that to me is probably, I would say the top quality that a coach needs to have. Um, and a, and a leader needs to have. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I, you, you just straight up said college is a business. I, I say, and you're probably, you know, we're overlapping here, but I say college is like the perfect mi mix of um, like business and personal, personal meaning like the care of like the priority is the, the person as opposed to the priority being the bottom line or the score or the, the record. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you could take it a step further and this kind of leads into my next question, but um, you could take it a step further and say like, yeah, it's just straight up business. You're just dealing with young people. You know, the, the employees are like you said, 18 to 22 year old student athletes. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's part, I think that's one of the trickiest part of college basketball is that it is a mix of both. How much of a mix, whether it's 50-50 or a little more business or whatever, it's definitely a mix, um, you know, so it's a, it's a difficult business to be in, um, but probably yeah. leading with it that it's a business, probably leaning with that, leading with that uh, makes, makes the most sense. It definitely sets the tone, you know for what it is I just think that there's I don't when I say that it's a business I don't mean that you know to be negative I mean that in a yeah. way to 
understand like um students and and parents need to understand like it's about w's like Mm -hmm. and if you're if if your coach thinks that your player is going to contribute to the w then they're gonna you know they're gonna ask you to come onto the team like that's the whole thing like that's the whole reason why they're giving you a scholarship Mm -hmm. and then what that player does with it after is is part of you know it's it's up to them but then the other big crucial part for a coach is like what am I going to do as a coach to understand my players to increase the probability because it's not as simple as just like getting in the gym and you know like lifting weights like there's so much more like everything in life I believe is mental I think it you know if I want to be on the treadmill and run two miles and 15 minutes or whatever then a lot of that has to do with my mental capacity. I mean, yeah, it's mm-hmm. part of it's physical, but a large part of that is my mental capacity. And I think what a lot of coaches miss the mark on is, is understanding their players and taking time to, what, to really figure out, just like any leader in the business world, how do I make, how do I motivate each of these people in order to produce because yeah. all of them are not the same. They all come from different families, backgrounds, heritages, you know, parts of the world. What am I going to do to take the time to understand? And I think, you know, that's where a lot of coaches miss the mark. They don't take the time to understand their athletes. They just think about the bottom line and, you know, let's win, let's win, let's win. It's like, you got to take time to understand your team, your people. And that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. But it's necessary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so going at my my next question is, and I don't think we've ever talked about this, see, uh, but um Sunap is getting paid, speaking of business. Um <laughs> how what are your feelings around that? You know, again, kind of general, like how does that make you feel as a student athlete that ball from 2007 to 2012? Uh, but also looking at like, you know, the reality of the situation. Um what do you think? You know, this subject has been a real shifty one for me. I I think tradi- I think I've evolved. I'll put it to you like that. Yeah. I think traditionally I thought, you know, why like for what? Like we're already getting, you know, at, at least for the three of us, right? Like we just got arguably a hundred thousand dollar a year. So we were there all four years. Four hundred thousand dollar return on investment you know and that return on investments for our parents you know who spent money sure. on AAU and all that stuff but I gotta tell you like you know what like colleges and universities really are making tons of money and you know Fordham was a different is a different space because you know at least it was back then it, it wasn't like an ACC or SEC but <laughs> you know the universities are profiting a lot off of players and I think it I've evolved here. I think that, you know, I'm open to that fact. I just don't, I guess the, the romanticized part of it is like, I don't want, I don't want sports to become that on such a young level, you know, like I, I don't want it to be like this. It's like I said, it's a business, but then it's almost like amplifying it, you know, for, for yeah. kids. But I mean, I, I, I'm pretty much like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think athletes, you know, especially top athletes do get paid, but I think there's a bunch of ethical things that can open up. I think you, you know, you can open up resentment amongst players and now you're creating like, is this truly um, amateur 
sport. You know what I mean? Like there's so yeah. many things. There's so many things. But I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm more leaning towards like, yes. Yeah. I'm with you on the evolution. Uh, I was always like, oh, come on. This is amateur sports. How much gear do we get? Free flights, food, all that stuff. Um, but then you see the dollar figures and, you know, the NCA being quote unquote nonprofit organization, but all the money that goes in, especially to March Madness. So I just hope that it doesn't evolve too much into having those, you know, fights in the locker room where like the top tier teams have two girls that are just getting paid, you know, 50 K mm-hmm. a year and everyone else just right. sucks to not pass it to them on the, pa- pass it to them on the court. Um, and I don't think it's going to come to that. Cause I think you yeah. know, people, especially at a high level, they're going to compete no matter what, but money is a motivator. And so one that's going to influence where people might decide to go. Um, mm-hmm. So what's going to happen with like those mid-major schools um, that might not have as much money, they might lose some of their top talent to a power five school, but then that player might not play as much as they would at the mid-major. So I feel like there's just going to be, have to be like a really delicate balance for, for the future student athletes to know like what is really important to them. And it's like anything in life, you know, like, what do you value most? What are you looking to get out of everything? Um, and for everyone, it's, it's something different, but um I like the evolution piece. I'm with you on that, Z. I just think it's definitely going to be an interesting next few years as this they continue to kind of play out all of this NIL and what, what it's going to entail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Evolution, baby. Um, yeah. Well, Z, thank you so much for joining us on episode two of backcourt banter. Well, thank you for joining us in the backcourt. You're more of a front court player, but I see you dribbling mm-hmm. up and down the court sometimes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Handles. When I call outlet and you don't pass me the damn ball, it's fine. <laughs> Take it up yourself. Um, yeah, no, this, this was awesome. It was awesome to just hear some of your perspectives on these different things. And hopefully, you know, people will get something out of it. I think, I think you're, you talking about how basketball is a business and how naive you were, you know, hope, like hopefully, you know, people have opened up their eyes to what college sports is, but, um, but yeah, this is, this is definitely good information uh, for prospective athletes for sure. Yeah. I think this is great. I love what you guys are doing. I think the conversation needs to continue. And I think that, um, the more, you know, I, am interested in listening to future podcasts, hear what other people have to say. Um, I like that we kept it a little light today. Um, cause I, I gotta tell you, I tried to give you guys answers, but I remembered this is like a 30 minute podcast. So let me not go too deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So no, we can, we can, we'll have, we'll have to have you come back for another 30. Whatever you want. Or maybe we could do like a panel, a whole bunch of us. Ooh. 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 That sounds good. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. All right. Cool. Yeah. We will definitely keep you updated on that. But um, otherwise, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Cool. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Thanks Alex. Guys. Bye.